0: Hello and welcome to the Add a Zero business podcast. We've made it our mission to inform, educate and inspire 1 million business owners to add a zeros to their personal disposable income so they can buy the home of their dreams, enjoy extensive exotic holidays with their family and fall back in love with their business by the lifestyle and freedom it now rewards them with. I'm Jay Allen, your host. And this is episode seven.
1: So, you're a business owner dedicated to the significant and sustainable growth of both you and your business. Welcome to the Add a Zero podcast.
0: In this episode, we'll be sharing the seven key numbers that you as a business owner must know all the time within your business. We'll be taking a look at your avatar and how they have an impact on the numbers in your business. And we'll be talking pricing, where I'll share 14 of the most popular pricing models, and 13 tips on how you can set your pricing for profit. It is no stigma to be born to wear rags. The disgrace is in accepting you are destined to continue wearing them throughout your life. Muriel Strode, 1922 When it comes to financials, there's at least seven financial numbers that you as a business owner must learn, know and understand every single day in order to successfully manage and scale your business. The details I'm going to share in this episode will enable you to work confidently on your pricing, but also ensures that you're not missing opportunity or inadvertently transforming your business into a charity. Understanding your critical financial numbers may not be as exciting as making a big sale but keeping an eye on these must-know figures will give you precise peace of mind and a glimpse of what the future holds for your business. Once we've achieved this we can look at pricing for profit but for now let's understand what these seven numbers are and what they mean to you and your business. Number one. Operating cash flow. Operating cash flow offers a bird's eye view of the economic state of your business. This figure is determined by subtracting your operating expenses from the money your company generates during normal business activity. When your operating cash inflow exceeds your cash outflow this is a sign that you're operating in the black. However if the reverse is true it's potentially times to take a closer look at the income and expenses to determine what's causing it. Number two is net income. Closely related to cash flow is your net income, which is also known as either net earnings or net profit. This figure is the result of subtracting all of your expenses, including taxes, from your income. Like cash flow, your net profit is a good indicator of whether you're earning or losing money. Number three is profit and loss. This figure is found on what's commonly known as your P&L statement, which is a snapshot of your company's income, both sales and revenue, minus expenses during a set period of time, which is generally quarterly, or biannually, or possibly annually. Knowing your company's profit and loss over time allows you to project earnings and make realistic plans for the future, both short-term and longer-term. Number four, sales. Given that generating sales is the reason most entrepreneurs operate small businesses, this figure is a given on the critical numbers list. Keeping a close eye on sales is important, as a dip could be a warning sign of trouble. In the same respect, it's important to pay attention when sales are up. Determining why business is good at the time your company is on an upward trajectory is easier than trying to figure it out later. Reacting quickly to an increase in sales also allows you to determine what you need to keep doing and sustain that growth. Number five, break-even point. Small business owners should know exactly how much it will cost them to purchase the goods or services and what they'll need to sell those goods and services for in order to be able to make a profit. Remember, when you determine your break-even, make sure to take into account all overheads. Expenses, utilities, pay, tax, everything's to do with the business. Number six, gross margin often referred to as gross profit. This figure reflects how much money remains after the actual cost of your merchandise or services is subtracted from the selling price. If this figure is low and not sufficient to cover your operating costs, such as salary, rent, marketing, utilities, you're likely not charging enough for the products and services. And finally, inventory. Monitoring your inventory numbers on a regular basis to ensure that the amount of inventory isn't gradually increasing, as this could be a sign of sales trouble. Now, you might argue that if you're a service-based business, what is inventory? Well, that's arguably the hours available to be able to sell your services. Either way, by tracking inventory on a regular basis, you can spot problems early enough to avoid the negative effects of excess inventory which includes storage costs, reduced profits and potential waste. Or it might simply be it's times to be able to review the salary and hours of the people working for you. Either way, knowing these seven key numbers and having confidence that they're up to date all the time will give you as a business owner far more confidence in being able to make decisions related to the financials of you and your business. Now, don't be mistaken, there are many essential numbers within every business, including inquiry rates, conversion rate, the cost of acquisition, the average spend per customer, the frequency of spend per customer, the average lifetime of a customer, the average lifetime value of a customer, and many, many others. But as your business continues to grow, you'll find that these numbers become more and more important to manage more frequently certainly within our add a zero business challenge we encourage business owners to have weekly money meetings to keep an up to date eye on all the money in the business getting into this habit early will prepare you well for as the figures in the business continues to grow there's nothing worse in business than working all year Submitting your end of year accounts to your accountant, who subsequently crunches all the numbers, only report back to you that last year you didn't make any profit. And yet, most business owners wait to receive this as a confirmation as to how they're actually doing in business. Getting into the habit of having a tighter control of all the numbers in your business gives you the confidence to make bigger, bolder, quicker decisions, and that will take you from growth to scale. The next thing to give consideration to is fixed costs versus variable costs. Clearly fixed costs are those costs associated with running the business regardless of whether you provide a service or a product. They're the ongoing costs that aren't associated with delivery of a product or service. Subsequently we also have variable costs. And these depend on the customer and their purchasing requirements and what service or product you provide to them. And it's only once you know these on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, then you can start to make some far more educated understanding and decisions based on where and when to spend time and money. Remember, you have to be able to review your variable costs against each of the products or services that you offer and to be able to incorporate a percentage of the fixed costs against these to ensure that you've got an accurate and up-to-date reflection of the true costs of running business. I read recently of a socialism study that was conducted in the UK, and it was established that if all of the UK's wealth and debt was equally shared amongst all adults legally residing in the UK, each adult would have about £13,000. However, it was also established that within 24 months, the current rich would be rich again, and the current poor would be poor again. Because the conclusion was that the rich simply know how to make money, whilst the poor only yet know how to spend money. There's an interesting quote from Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad Poor Dad, who said until we change our attitude towards money, the money we have will always remain the same. And for us to be able to do more about the money that we have, we have to look to our customers to determine what sort of a relationship do we have with them and their availability to spend with us. You might be wondering why talking about your ideal target client or your avatar is included when talking about the money in a business. And yet, on average, 80% of your business shall come from 20% of your customers. Therefore, knowing who your ideal target market is, is essential when looking to be able to increase both turnover and profit within your business. So I'll start by asking you to describe your ideal target customer for one of your products or services. I want you to give some real considerations to what do you know about your ideal target customer. Sure, most people are able to tell me whether they're male or female and their average age and perhaps the type of business that they're in. But how much more do you know? What else do you know about them? There's so much more that we need to know about the ideal target client if we're going to be able to attract them, to get them to know and love and trust who we are and what we do, that they are willing to not only spend their hard-earned money with us, but to repeatedly spend their money and recommend and refer us to others. So the more that you know about them, The more you can market to their particular needs and requirements and desires, the better relationship you build with them, the more loyal they will become. And in the next podcast, we'll be speaking specifically about how to market to your ideal target customer. So for today, all I want you to do is to give some real considerations to what do you currently know about your ideal target customer. And what else could you learn about them in order that we can market better to them in order to be able to build a better relationship and subsequently earn more from them? However, I did say today we're going to talk pricing. And so many business owners get pricing completely wrong. They believe that the best way to win business is to offer their product or service cheaper than the competition. And that's the first rule of how to kill your business. It's why understanding your avatar demographic is essential. Price is not what everyone compares you on. Ironically, for the majority of consumers, price is not what is the determining factor. If you don't believe me, there's a fabulous website which lists some of the world's most expensive household items. Simply visit coolmaterial.com forward slash cool list. So how should we determine our pricing? Well the first thing is not to either determine cost of purchase plus set percentage equals sales value. It shouldn't be a case of how much does it cost to buy in or produce the product or service, what sort of a percentage margin do we want to make and therefore add the two together. But it also shouldn't be, establish what competitor is charging and base either slightly higher or lower than them. To answer this fairly, we have to determine which of the many pricing strategies you intend to adopt. So I'm going to share 14 of the most common pricing strategies available. However, it doesn't mean you only have to adopt one. It might be that you choose to create a hybrid or a collection of these and work them simultaneously. Let's start by looking at the 14 most commonly used pricing strategies on today's market. Competitor-based pricing strategy uses the competitor's prices as a benchmark. Cost plus method adds a fixed percentage to your product or service production costs. Dynamic pricing is flexible pricing, where prices fluctuate based on market or customer demand. Freemium offer a basic version, hoping users will pay to upgrade or access more features after a set amount of time. High low pricing is initially sell at a high price and then lower the price for a sale. Hourly pricing is essentially trading time for money. Skimming is charged the highest possible price and then lower over time as the product or service becomes less and less popular. Penetration pricing, where companies enter the market by disruption with an extremely low price to attract new footfall. Premium pricing, where we price highs to present the image that their products are a high-value, luxury or premium brand. Project-based pricing, a flat fee per project instead of a direct exchange for money or time. Value-based pricing. Price based on what the customer is willing to pay. Bundle pricing. Two or more complementary products or services together and sell them for a single price. Psychological-based pricing. The 99 pence instead of the pound or 9.99 instead of 10 pound. Or using font size or shape or color to try and attract customer. And finally, geographical based pricing. Products or services are priced differently depending on the geographical location. As you can see, these are just 14 of the most commonly used pricing models and often used sequentially or collectively to try and attract and maintain that loyal value with the customer base. But it's unless you know this and know how to implement it within your business, then you're left in the cold and not charging what you should be charging to be able to maintain and grow both your customer base, loyalty value and profit margins. As with all business decisions, determining the right pricing strategy for you and your business starts with assessing your own business's needs and goals. Only once your goals and needs are defined can you start to do some research on the market you're entering. Determine three to five main competitors in the industry by conducting either online research or scouting out local potential competitors. No matter what pricing strategy you adopt, what your competitors are doing will impact your business's success and future decisions. Understanding your competitive strategy can also help you differentiate your business from other businesses in the market. In an economy where there are thousands of small businesses providing the same products and services, an effective pricing strategy can help stand you out. A good final stage in your research is speaking with potential customers to get a feel for how they value your brand, product or service. This can give you the valuable insight into how to set your pricing. This kind of research can range from casual conversation with friends and family to formal surveys of potential buyers. While you may have already done some of the legwork when developing your business plan, it's good to have as much insight and information as possible before you decide which pricing strategy to adopt within your business. Now, as I say, there's about 14 most popular pricing strategies that are out there and you might find some that work better than others for you and your market. Consider these five common strategies that many new businesses use to attract customers. First of all, price skimming. Skimming, as I mentioned earlier, involves setting high prices when a product is introduced and then gradually lowering the price as more competitors enter the market. This type of pricing is ideal for businesses that are entering emerging markets. It gives companies the opportunity to capitalise on early adopters and then undercut future competitors as they join an already developing market. A successful skimming strategy hinges largely on the market you're looking to enter. Alternatively, market penetration pricing. Pricing for market penetration is essential the opposite of price skimming. Instead of starting high and slowly lowering prices, you take over a market by undercutting your competitor. Once you develop a reliable customer base, you can begin to raise prices. Many factors go into deciding on this strategy, like your business's abilities to potentially take losses up front to establish a strong footing in a market. It's also crucial to develop a loyal customer base, which can require other marketing and branding strategies to create and maintain. 3. Premium pricing Premium pricing is for a business that creates high-quality products or services and market them to high-income individuals. The key with this pricing strategy is to develop a product or service that is a high-quality that the customers will consider to be high-value. Your lightlist needs to develop a luxury or lifestyle branding strategy to appeal to the right type of consumer that they may even consider you as an option. 4. Economy pricing. Economy pricing strategies involve targeting customers looking to save as much money as possible on whatever goods or services they're purchasing. Big box stores like Walmart and Costco are prime examples of economy pricing models. Like premium pricing, adopting an economy pricing model depends on your overhead costs and the overall value of the product. Bundle pricing. When companies pair several products together and sell them for less money than they would have otherwise paid individually, it's known as bundling. Bundle pricing is a good way to move a lot of inventory quickly. A successful bundle pricing strategy involves profit on low-value items outweighing losses on high-value items included within a bundle. As you can see, determining your needs up front can make it clear which strategies are ideal for your business. If you've already launched and you're already trading quite significantly, you can experiment with these strategies until you determine which is the best one that works for you. You might also choose to beta test by moving from one to another for existing and new customers to determine as to how that works for you over a set period of time. Regardless of which tactic you choose, pricing properly is essential for continued business success. You may have the best product or service in the world, an excellent team, and a beautiful storefront. But if you can't price your products or services effectively, Your sales will ultimately struggle. And now wants to turn our attentions to the four pricing influences. First of all, cost. Before you can price anything, you need to know how much it costs you to either make, purchase or deliver. Remember, your ultimate business objective is to make a profit, so you need to at least cover your costs at whatever cost. Two, competitors. If you're selling a unique product or service, then you'll have more control of the price you can sell it for. But if you're selling something more similar to another business, then you'll also need to consider their price when setting your own and how you differentiate for your customer the difference between the two. 3. Customers How much will your customers be willing to pay for the product or service that you're looking to sell? Do your research with potential customers beforehand. Even better, test out your price point with a mini-launch. Sells to a local market and see how much interest you get and chat with them before going for the major launch to a national or international audience. And finally, objectives. Are you hoping to maximise your sales by pricing your product or service as low as possible to beat the competitor? Are you aiming to maximise your profits as much as possible? Do you have a target profit that you need to make in order to cover all your costs, take a salary and have X amount left over? It's only when you've given considerations to the pricing influencers for both you, your product, your service and the market that you can determine which of these pricing strategies is right for you and your business. So at the beginning, I did say that I'd offer 13 pricing tips on how to be able to get the most out of whichever pricing strategy you choose to adopt within your business. Number one, provide three choices. Be that three different price points, three different packages that you've put together or bundles that you've put together, three different options. If you only give the prospective customer one option, they can only say yes or no. If you offer them three options and determine as to which one is best suited to them, at least they have three options to choose you, as opposed to yes or no. Number two, make the purchasing process as simple as possible. When they're ready to spend, be willing and ready to accept their spend. Make it easy for them to be able to do so. Number three, use real numbers. There is so much research to determine that the psychological pricing model has almost had its day, being able to suggest that it's been rounded up to £9.99. We know full well that it's probably worth £8 and you've just rounded it up. But by using real numbers, £14.57 almost suggests that it's been worked out to the penny as to how much it's actually worth. And unless you're only selling small value items, less than 10, 15, 20 pounds, this pricing strategy works particularly well on high-ticket items. Number four, show the purchasing progress. There's a lot of research on buyer's remorse, understanding that we want this instant gratification for what it is that we've purchased. And if there's any any form of delay between making the decisions to buy and getting the value, there's the potential that buyer's remorse starts to impact the loyalty value and the likelihood of a return purchase. Therefore, being able to show the purchase progress and be able to manage expectation will help mitigate any buyer's remorse. Number five, create a clear call to action. If you're doing any form of marketing where you want somebody to do something, make it exceptionally clear as to exactly what it is that you want them to do. Demonstrate what they need to do in order to get the best from you for them. Six, tell customers which options to choose. Seriously, tell them which one is the best suited for their particular circumstances. It may be that you know the product and service far better than they, And therefore, to be able to offer advice and guidance as to which one you believe is the best suited to them is helping them in their decision making process as opposed to manipulating their sale. Number seven, tell customers which option is the most popular. Advise them as to whether this is the most popular option and whether other people like them tend to purchase this or something else. Tell them as to whether this is a bespoke option that they're asking for or something that is. Typical for people in their circumstance. Number eight, place testimonials on your pricing page. If there is anything that's going to support somebody's buying decision, it's going to be other people like them who say good things about you and your product or service. So rather than having a designated testimonial page, and we'll cover that in another podcast in a fortnight's time, as part of our marketing strategies, being able to interweave testimonials throughout the copy and particularly around pricing pages helps support peoples to understand that others like them purchased it and made good reference to it number nine promote value not cost there is so much research now to support the fact that we should be a values led business rather than a profit-based business. And profit comes from value, not the other way around. Certainly the last podcast we spoke about was all around vision and values and culture and ethics within a business. So promote value and not just the cost. Number 10, remove as much text as possible. Don't overcomplicate a sales page or a sales process. Give them the information that they need in the time that they require it. In order to be able to make the right decision for them and for you. Number eleven. If you have got options and you've given them brands or names. Then name them logically. There's nothing worse than saying did you want a grande or a grandissimo. If no one knows what the difference is between the two. So name them logically for people to understand the thought process between small, medium and large. Twelve. List clearly the benefits of what they're going to get as a result of purchasing the product or service. Talk about the benefits in all of your copy. Give examples of other people who have benefited from this and show that within the testimonials as mentioned in number eight. But list the benefits that they will get as a result of doing business with you. And finally, make the middle option the best option for them. And that's it. 13 top tips on how to be able to price for profit. If you apply the things that we've shared in today's podcast, I assure you that one, you'll have more confidence in the financials within your business. You'll have a far better understanding of the clients that you're trying to attract and how best to do business with them. And you'll be able to have the right pricing strategy or strategies within your business that are working to be able to attract, maintain, good, loyal customers with whom you can make a sizeable profit by doing business with. And that will enable you to move from growth to scale. After all, the business of business is business.
1: That's all for this episode. As always, we really thank you for listening and welcome your comments, thoughts, and suggestions. So please do drop us a line by emailing podcast at my true north.biz. And don't forget, if you haven't already done so, hit the subscribe button on whichever platform you're listening to this through and tell your colleagues and business network all about who we are. You've been listening to the Add a Zero podcast presented by Jay Allen, brought to you in association with My True North, the UK's leading ethical coaching company.